0: Father, we worship you tonight in spirit and in truth. Jesus, we bless your holy name. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come, come help your people, touch your people, change them, renew them, transform them with the word, 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 with the word. transform them with your word. Makawashti, let them think different because of your word. Let them see life differently because of your word. The word and the anointing that makes it alive. Let them see themselves differently. Let them see their circumstances differently. Oh, because of your word. Your word is what changes us. We thank you for your presence this evening. That ministers strength to us. Your presence and your glory oh we bless you and we praise you for the refreshing times of refreshing your word says will come from the presence of the lord thank you that when we're in your presence we're refreshed your presence comes when we worship you when we talk about you so we thank you for refreshing that comes tonight to the people in the mighty name the mighty name the mighty name of jesus Shai kawaii ashitakou yokou o ohamaiya The mighty name of Jesus. Makawioshtakain de deity. Oh that's turning around my sister mashitakio atiata That situation that you've been facing it's turning matowastikou ati I declare it turns in the mighty name of Jesus. For you, Matawashti and for your children, Matu Ustawa I declare it turns in Jesus' name. It turns in Jesus' name for you and your children, lady, Mashta kawaki in the mighty name of Jesus, at which nothing can withstand. Oh I thank you, Father. Mashta ku Oh, Lord Jesus. We're on the other side of the mountain, Father. We're on the other side of this thing. We're cresting downwards. Father, I thank you. The finish line is ahead. We thank you, Father, for grace, even as we're on the other side of it. Lord, as we wrap it up, in Jesus' name, as the natural catches up with the spiritual, I thank you for grace on every person. Sustaining power on every person. And like you said to me, encourage the people, tell the people when things return to normal not to let the unity, not to let the unity die. There's an increased sense of unity, an increased sense of generosity. Like the early church had in Acts 4, like I preached on Wednesday night, there was an increased sense of generosity and of one accord, unity. And they prayed for miracles and boldness, and God answered them. And Lord, I thank you, Father, our church is poised. There's an increased sense of unity. There's an increased sense of generosity, even during this unusual time. Lord, those disciples were also in an unusual time because they said, Lord, hear their threatenings. They were under persecution. Father, we're in a, in a not a persecution like they were. The government's not trying to stop us from preaching the gospel. But Father, in some ways, this entire COVID-19 is a disruption of the church's ability to function. It's not typical persecution, but it's definitely an attack of the devil. And so Father, in some ways, it's, it's kind of like a hybrid form of persecution. And they were in an unusual season, and they prayed that prayer. And Father, we're in an unusual season. And I thank you, Father, that even as they came together, they were generous and they prayed. You heard from heaven and you answered them. And I thank you for promise of life. That is that Lord, in this unusual season, we're coming together in unity. We're being generous and we're tithers and givers. And Father, we're praying in Jesus name, not just Monday nights, but we're praying. We're praying seven days a week, Father. The people are praying. They're waiting on you. They're seeking you. Father, I know that I am, I know my wife is, I believe they are following suit more than ever before, that they're giving themselves even during this unusual time to more prayer and to more fasting in Jesus' name as the Spirit leads on the fasting. But Father, we thank you. You don't even have to lead us to pray. You always want us to. I thank you that they're giving themselves more to it. I thank you that they're increasing their praying for boldness according to acts 4 and according to ephesians 6 that lord they're increasing their praying for boldness in jesus name and for miracles signs wonders and diverse healings in jesus name i thank you for it father i thank you for it father i give you praise i give you praise i give you praise you know the book of hebrews promise of life the book of hebrews Chapter 1 verse 14 says the angels are sent forth to minister and serve those that are heirs of salvation. And then chapter 2 verse 1 it says don't let these things slip that you've heard. It's easy to let them slip. Then verse 2 says if the message that was brought by angels and that different translations say it differently but the gist of it is if the message that was brought by angels talking in the Old Testament was verified as authentic and those that disobeyed it receive punishment. How much more will we escape if we neglect the great salvation that the Lord has made available to us? If you read it in context, the the author is is constantly in chapter 1 and chapter 2 showing a parallel showing the differentiation between Jesus and angels if you study it properly. And there in that first part It says, don't let these truths slip away. And angels are included in that, but not limited to only angels. Then it says, if angels referring to the Old Testament brought forth messages that were proven authentic to the people and the people that disobeyed received punishment, how much more will we in the New Testament not escape if we neglect so great a salvation? What's it talking about? Then it says, what the Lord has brought to us and has been confirmed by others who were around him. So the author of Hebrews is saying, Jesus brought us this great message of salvation. Of course, the ministry of angels is included, but not limited to that. Jesus brought us this great message of salvation. And if in the Old Testament with a lesser message that came through angels... They didn't listen and they didn't escape punishment. How much more in the New Testament through a greater one than an angel through Jesus who brought us this great message and provided this great salvation through the cross. How much more if we don't listen to him are we gonna, if we neglect this salvation he's offered us will we not escape and we'll we'll have trouble in life. But the point where I'm trying to say is that it was making a parallel that we have been given a great salvation in the New Testament that Jesus preached to us and gave us. And then it says, and that was verified by others who were with him, meaning that other men of the apostles that had been, not only did Jesus give the message, but other men that bore witness to his ministry also seconded, if if you want to call it that way, the, the message of great salvation that Jesus preached. And then it says in the next verse, and it says, these men that witnessed what Jesus preached, God put his stamp of approval on those men by giving them great signs and wonders, diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. What it's saying is Jesus gave a great salvation, so let's pay attention because if we neglect it, we're going to be in trouble. Then it says others around him also verified the great salvation because they watched him and they saw him, and they also preached the same great salvation that Jesus brought originally. So in other words, the author is saying, take take Jesus' word for this, but also other men around him that saw him and witnessed it, they also preached the same great salvation to us, so take their word for it. And then the author says something interesting and says and these men they're not just men god himself the father put a stamp of approval on these men that bore witness to what jesus did and that also preached the great salvation that jesus preached god was basically putting his he was putting a stamp of approval on these men so that people in the future would look back and say we can trust what these men are saying about Jesus why because God has approved of them by what by giving supernatural God's power flowing through them with supernatural signs wonders and miracles diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will so what is the Bible really saying here it's saying that the way that God validated the preaching of those men that were bearing witness to what Jesus preached the apostles The way God validated their ministry was by causing his power to flow through them in tremendous signs, wonders, diverse miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. So this is what the Bible is trying to say if you wanna boil it down to a succinct thought. God validates men and ministries by putting his power in them with signs, wonders, diverse miracles, and gifts according to, gifts of the spirit according to his own will. The one way that God validates and approves of ministries in the earth is that he puts his power on that ministry. Now we see this, we can interpret scripture with scripture because in Mark 16 it says, and they went forth preaching everywhere, the Lord confirming, what does that word confirming in the Greek mean? Validating, putting a stamp of approval on what they said, confirming the word with signs and wonders following. We see in Hebrews chapter two, God validated those preachers who were, who, were, who were echoing the great message of salvation that Jesus first preached. He validated them with signs, wonders, diverse miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. In Mark 16, he validated the apostles. He had confirmed what they preached with signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm telling you, this is Bible, this is scriptural. And this is what this is what they asked in Acts chapter four. Lord, look look at the unusual scenario we're in. Look at the threatenings, the persecution we're under. Not granted to thy servants with all boldness we may preach your word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. How are you going to give us this boldness? by giving us your power. When you give us your power, you validate us. When you give us your power, you esteem us. When you give us your power, you put your stamp of approval on us. And when we know that your stamp of approval is on us because your power is flowing through us, we're going to be even bolder than we were before. Grant us boldness by giving us power. Do you see that? Grant us boldness by giving us your power. So you see, when God gave power, he was validating them and, and putting His stamp of approval on them. And that produced a great boldness to preach. And that's what the Lord said to me. He said, there's your, your, your church is poised. I said this on Wednesday, but I'm saying it again. The word of the Lord came to me earlier in the week. And the Lord said to me, your church is poised. He used the word poised. Your church is poised for some things. And he said, as you see here in Acts 4, there was generosity, and your church has that. There was unity, and your church has that. And there was prayer, and your church has that. Now, there's many other factors. It's not just those three. But those were just the three that he put the highlight, the spotlight. He highlighted those three to me, although they're not the only three that we need. There's many others. But those were three that he highlighted. And he said, now you see, there's a, there's a, the church has a, there's, there's a sense of generosity. There's a sense of unity and there's a sense of prayer that's going on because that's what's listed there. Just those three. And that's what he put a highlight on. He said, but you're lacking one thing. You are not praying for boldness and you're not praying for miracles the way you should. And I said, well, Lord, people tell me that I'm very bold. I don't know. I've got an impartation from doctor, and I shared all that on Wednesday night with you. So if you didn't watch Wednesday, watch it. I said, I don't know if I need any more. And he corrected me, and he corrected me sternly. And he said, you don't, he said, you're not nearly bold enough. There's, you don't nearly have what I have for you in the boldness area. There's more in that boldness area for you. So I said, well, Lord, I repent for getting, uh, getting, uh, what's the word? Getting just satisfied with what I had I said Lord I believe there's more if you're telling me there's more there's more and so he said you start to pray tell the people to start to pray for more boldness tell the people to start to pray for more miracles Then, as I stood up here tonight not it wasn't in my mind wasn't in my thoughts it's not the direction I'm planning on going tonight but that verse rose up in my heart from the book of Hebrews chapter 2 I believe it's verse 5, but I'll read it to you just so that we can get the, the, the scripture straight. For if the word, verse 2, was spoken by angels, was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just, a just recompense of reward, talking about the Old Testament, how shall we escape, meaning in the New, if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. This great salvation was preached by the Lord and was confirmed unto us, by them that heard him so the people that heard the lord the apostles were also preaching and they confirmed what the lord said now these apostles that they're the subject matter verse 4 god also bearing them those apostles witness God put a stamp of approval. He, he validated them. He That's what bearing of witness means. He validated them both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Verse 4. And that verse rise up in my spirit i i hadn't on wednesday night thought about that verse or connected it to what god was saying but that verse rose up in my spirit because the holy ghost is giving me yet another scripture he's saying son i validated those men that listened to jesus and also preached the salvation that he brought i validated their ministry i bore witness of the authenticity of their ministry by giving them power signs wonders diverse miracles and gifts of the holy ghost I validated the apostles in, Acts, in Mark 16. I validated them. They preached the word. And I confirmed that word with signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. I told you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 not to have the wisdom of man, to just to go after preaching with man's wisdom but to have the demonstration of the spirit and power that their faith would not rest on the wisdom of men but in the power of God. In other words God's saying don't just have a bunch of fancy words have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost because the people's faith is going to have to rest on God's power not just your education and your great ability to deliver scriptures or sermons, or discourses. In other words, God's going to give great demonstration of power so people's faith will rest on that power, which is His power, and not just on the preacher's ability, but as He gives demonstrations of the Spirit, it also verifies, validates, confirms that that preacher is from God. So now we see 1 Corinthians 2, God's saying it. Mark 16, God saying it. Hebrews 2, 4, God saying it. And Acts 4, they're saying, Lord, grant us mighty, mighty power and boldness. And God gave it. Praise God. He is telling us, pray for boldness and pray for miracles. And we've got to start. We're going to start to see, I believe, a trickle effect now but it's not gonna be anything compared to what we see when we enter into that last day great revival because like I said to you on Wednesday and I read what Jesus told Dad Hagen, he said it will be the time of the gift of the working of miracles. It's coming to its full potential power in that move, but we have to get skillful with it here and now. We can't just start to exercise it when it's supposed to be at full potential power. You've gotta get used to and skillful with these, with these manifestations of the spirit when they're not at full potential power because if you have nothing and you go to 100%, you won't be able to handle it. Nobody could handle that it's like driving a really fast car. You know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you can't just go from, you can't just start your, your, your experience at 150 kilometers an hour. You got to start and you got to get comfortable and you got to see how it handles and how it responds. And you got to, you got to get comfortable and skillful with it. And then when you've got that skill level, now you're ready for it to hit and, and climax at that, at that top speed. Well, we can't just not have anything and then all of a sudden jump from zero to a hundred in the last day great revival and expect to be skillful. God doesn't. God's not silly. He doesn't work that way. We are going to have a measure of the working of miracles in this season, the Hebron season, because we have to get skillful and we have to we have to learn how it works properly so that we are skillful and comfortable with it enough so that when that highest flow hits in that last day move before the rapture we are so ready and skillful with that power that we can handle it wisely and skillfully and and not and not be and not let it not let carnality and flesh and pride and all this, all the pitfalls that the devil will try to place in our way, that we are skillful, that we can now handle it properly for when it's at full potential power in that last day move. That means there has to be a measure of it here in Hebron. So why else would God say, start to pray? He's not just saying pray for there, although we are praying for there. He's saying pray now because I want you to have a measure of this now in Hebron. I want you to start getting skillful with it in Hebron. Praise God. Now listen to me congregation. After Wednesday night I was driving home and praying and the Holy Ghost said something else to me, which I never obviously said on Wednesday night because he hadn't said it to me yet, but he said it to me on the way home. He said, you're talking about these miracles and you're talking about this in terms of the church service and you, you flowing in it in the church service. He said, and while that's right and good and true, he said, don't abandon or don't forget that the congregation are also supposed to flow in it outside the walls of this church he brought that to me strong and he said now you tell them when they're praying for miracles and boldness they're praying for you as the pastor and they're praying for the services but that's not where their prayer ends their prayer continues that the people the congregation the church of the lord jesus christ called promise of life made up of individual members that the people would have boldness that the people would have miracles signs wonders Diverse miracles gifts of the holy ghost and healings operating through them outside the You don't need to operate it inside the church because that's why i'm here That's that's where the office operates inside the church building. I'm not saying you can't i'm not saying god won't ever use you But you're coming here because there's a gift operating here in the pastor. Okay, do you understand? That doesn't mean that other people can't have words and can't help and can't and can't minister to people I'm, not saying that but the 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 gift that in the body of christ the pastor or the other offices are the ones that is operating when we're gathering together primarily, okay? But when you're out there and you're in the grocery store or you've got your client or you're doing this or your neighbor, the gifts of the Spirit, this power and this boldness is supposed to operate on you out there. If you don't have it out there and we only have it here in the church service, we will it will be a lopsided balance yes there will be wonderful things happening here in the church but the scale is too light on this side god wants it like this he doesn't want it like this if we have lots in the church, but none outside the church, it's not balanced. God's balanced. He's always balanced. He wants it in the church. He wants it through the ministry gifts, the fivefold offices, but he also wants it through the individual members. He wants it through the laymen, and he wants it outside the walls of the church. And he said to me, I'm telling you, he said it to me so clearly on the way home, because I've got a 45-minute drive to get home through the jungle, through the woods with the coyotes, praise God. But as i'm on that long drive i go lots of time to pray and as i'm praying i heard the holy ghost say you're talking you're preaching and you're talking about this boldness and miracles for the church services and for you and that's great and good he said but you're not talking about that they also need to pray for themselves and for their brothers and sisters because that boldness and that most miracles is not just for the pastor and the other offices in the local church, it's for them outside the church and it will become a balanced flow where there's much happening out there and there's much happening in here. I said, I'll tell them, Father, I'll tell them. So I'm telling you, because I told him I'd tell you, and he wanted me to tell you that. You say, well, how come he doesn't just tell me that? That's why he gave you a pastor. He will bear witness in your spirit. Many of you know my sermons before I preach it. It's astonishing to me. Some of you that are prayers, you, you, uh, you, you sometimes tell me. You don't send, you know, I don't read the email, but you'll send me an email or send me a text and, you'll say, and, and, and not all the time, but I'm just saying some of the more spiritual ones. And they'll say, I just uh, have a sense, pastor, that that God's been dealing with me about this and and whatever. And you're not trying to dictate or influence because I don't even read them until after the fact. And that doesn't happen, of course, every week. But on a number of occasions, people, people, God has told them in the prayer room, in that vision room before service. Others, when they're praying in the middle of the night, he's going to preach on this. He's going to preach on that. Pray that he preaches on this. Pray that he preaches on that. And I preach exactly what they prayed. So what I'm saying is you can, you can hear from God direct. You, you can know things by the Spirit. And not just know what I'm going to minister, but you can get out there on the highways and byways and also have those words of knowledge and know things by the Spirit. And know this person and, and know that you're supposed to be bold and go and pray for that person and go and minister healing or deliverance, freedom to them. You can know that you can live like that adventure And he doesn't just want it for me. He doesn't just want it for the corporate services. He wants it for everybody Hallelujah And if you're spiritual, you'll be picking this up If you're not don't feel bad Just pray more in the holy ghost because the holy ghost will tell you and bear witness with you sometimes before I say it Most times after i've said it you'll just have a sense of knowing my god. That's right my god i qualify my god that's for me too that's not just for that's not just it's for everybody but i don't know if everybody's taking it but i'm taking it lord i'm taking it who wouldn't want power who wouldn't want the glory of god operating through their eyes and their mouth and their hands who wouldn't want that if you're hungry for god you want it if you're a gideon with me you're hungry for miracles praise god like i said on wednesday you're hungry for miracles we've got to get hungry for miracles if we're ever going to pray for miracles. And he said to me, you got to pray for boldness and miracles. So let's start with hunger. Start hungry. You say, Pastor, I'm not hungry. What do I do? Start asking God, Father, make me hungry for miracles. Father, I'll just be honest with you. I don't really feel much. I'm busy and I'm distracted and I'm this and I'm that. I just don't really feel much. But Lord, I'm asking you, the pastor's telling us that we should be praying for it. Well, if I'm going to pray for it, I've got to be a Gideon first and want it. I don't even want it. So Father, I'm asking you, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not being religious. I'm just being honest with you in the privacy of my own prayer time. Father, give me a desire. Give me a hunger. Give me a hunger for miracles. Give me a hunger to see your power and your glory manifested and demonstrated on the earth. Give me a hunger for it and then pray in the Holy Ghost. You do that for a while. You'll start to see a divine hunger, like a little spark, like a little flame will start bubbling up on the inside of your spirit, man, and there'll be a hunger. You'll start to desire and want to see the power of God. Now that you've got the hunger, don't stop there. Start to pray. Go from the Lord, make me hungry, now start saying, Lord, I pray out and I call for miracles. I call for healings. I call for diverse miracles. I call for signs and wonders. I call for the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We know it's got to be as you will, Holy Ghost, but we're not forcing it, but we want you to know how hungry we are for it, how positioned we are for it, how much we reverence you, how much we desire. And Father, we don't just want the power. We want the boldness because the boldness and the power go together. They're twin brothers. Lord, we need boldness for Pastor Craig. We need boldness according to Ephesians 6 we need boldness according to Acts 4 we need this boldness father Lord and not just for him but for myself Lord as you're praying Lord I pray for boldness for me I pray for boldness for the promise of life congregation then you move over into power after you've prayed out the boldness Lord I pray for the power and the divine manifestation of the gifts of the spirit and the demonstration according to 1 Corinthians 2 of the spirit the divine glory of God to operate in our services to operate through Pastor Craig, to operate through Pastor Jenny, to operate through anybody that's in that pulpit, to operate through the offices and the gifts. And Lord, not just them, but Lord, we're asking for power. We're asking for glory, signs, wonders, and miracles, healings, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to your own will, to operate through me, to operate through my brothers and sisters in this church, to operate through all of us, Father, even when we're outside the four walls and doing our lives. We're asking for boldness, and we're asking for power, we're asking for boldness and we're asking for power in Jesus' name. I take it by faith. I believe I've received. I believe I've received. I take it now. I lay hold of that power. I lay hold of those gifts, Father. I lay hold in Jesus' name of that boldness, of that boldness. I lay hold and I claim it in Jesus' name. Now, remember, the gifts are operating as the Spirit wills, but it will more often if we hunger and if we pray. Pray. God the kingdom of God is still suffering violence you're still laying hold and taking it even if it's as the spirit wills you're still saying Lord I'm so hungry I'm claiming it I'm taking it I know you've got to manifest I know you've got to choose to do it but let lo, know that on my side I'm ready I'm hungry I'm doing all I can to make sure that you know that we're willing vessels and we're ready for you and the more you do it, the more the Holy, you still can't force it, but the more the Holy Ghost will start to operate and minister through you. Do you understand the heart with which I'm saying that? Typically when we say we lay hold and we claim, we're claiming covenant promises that have been, that, that are ours in Christ. Do you understand? That you don't need the Holy Ghost to will, you just take it by faith. It's a little bit of a hybrid what I'm saying because you do need the Holy Ghost to will when gifts of the Spirit are involved in miracles because you can't create that on your own. He has to choose to use you at that time. So you can't, it's not the same where you just claim it by faith like a covenant promise, it's not. But what I'm saying is, is in a hybrid version, even though you can't technically claim it, God looks at your heart. He's not legalistic. And if you're so hungry and you're saying, Father, as far as I can, because I know ultimately it's up to you, but as far as I can and be, and be scripturally correct, Lord, I hunger for it. I ask you for it. Lord, I even lay hold of it now. I call for it. I claim it. I lay hold of it. And I call for these miracles. Let them come to pass as you will. You see the heart of what I'm saying? It's not quite the same as receiving healing or finances. That's that's more of a black and white category. This is a little bit of a hybrid, but you can get so hungry that you can reach out your arm of faith and say, Father, please, we're we're asking you for boldness. We're asking you for signs, wonders, and miracles. We're asking you. We're asking you. Our city is taken over by the Midianites. And we need warriors and heroes. I want to be it, Father. Pastor Craig wants to be it, Father. I want to be one of the mighty men. Lord, we need Gideon's. And Gideon was hungry for miracles. Gideon was honoring and submissive and knew the words of the fathers. He knew. He stayed close with the spiritual fathers because he quoted them. He was humble. He didn't think he was the big cheese. He said, I'm nothing. How can you use me? And he was holy anything that seemed out of place on Altars to Baal his father's disobedient. He cast that down and broke it He wanted to be right with God He wanted to stay humble before God He wanted to be a man of honor and he wanted to be a man that was hungry for the power of God and Jesus looked at him And he said you're a hero. I'm gonna use somebody like you to save your people And I believe God's not just looking for one person I believe this, I believe all of us are like Gideon. God's looking for an army of Gideons, not just one man, not just one pastor. He's looking for a whole church of Gideons. He's looking at you and saying, I can use somebody like you because you've got a pure heart. You're not easily offended. Some people, they leave the church over the stupidest things and they've cast their birthright away for a bowl of lentils. And they're gonna stand before Jesus and give an account for that. You better listen to me right now. You know who I'm talking to. You better listen to me. That devil's been lying to you. That devil's been lying to you. And it's not even about me that you're offended with, but it's another situation in this church that you, don't, that you don't like, that you can't seem to handle. And it's not even about me. And usually it is somebody offended with me, but in this case, it's not. You better listen to me, lady. You better listen to me. You're going to give away your birthright for a bowl of lentils. And you're going to give an answer to God when you get to heaven for it. Come out of your stupor in Jesus' name and put your feet on solid ground and stay the course with me. Stay the course with me. Don't cast away what's precious because you're a little bit overwhelmed. I say that by the Holy Ghost because I wasn't planning on saying that, but I heard, I felt the Holy Ghost like a lion rise up within me. And that lady knows who I'm talking to. And she's not even upset with me. She's upset with a situation that happened in the church that had nothing to do with me. But the devil's been working on her mind to cast away her confidence to leave this church and uproot herself from the word of God. And I know it's the devil, I know it, because I was praying for you, lady. I was praying for you in the Holy Ghost, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, there's a devil operating and whispering in her ear. Take authority over that devil. And I did, but you still have to make a choice. I can't make it for you. Don't cast away what's precious, because you're a little bit unsettled in life. Most people, they get upset with me, Taylor, and they leave the church. (laughs) Every now and then, it's not even about me, it's about something else. And the devil's working on them, working on them day and night, day and night, day and night, bombarding them their mind, their thoughts. Answer him! I can only tell you so much. You've got to do it. I can't do it for you all the time. When the thought comes, open your mouth. You open your mouth enough to talk about everything else. Open your mouth and answer him. With your ears, let your ears hear you. Devil, I say to you, shut up in Jesus' name. Go from me in Jesus' name. You oppressing thoughts, go from me and say it, my sister. I can't do it all for you all the time. God will let me take a care of certain things in the realm of the Spirit because of a mercy. But He won't let me keep doing it. If you've been taught right, which you have, He expects you to open your mouth and use your authority. He'll let me do it a couple times, but after that, He won't let me do it anymore. He expects you to do what you know to do. Hallelujah. That's the, I'm not yelling, I'm not mad at the person. It's the intensity and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Because he, he's worked so hard and done so much to position you to, that you'd find this place, that you'd find the Word. He's worked so hard, he's invested so much in you. And I've invested in you. And he's invested through me in you. Don't cast away what's precious because you're a little disrupted in your emotions. My God, I don't understand people, Reverend Taylor. I don't understand it. There's a lady that I talked to about a year ago. She lived about an hour and 20-minute drive from Pastor Nancy. I said to her, my God, woman, get in your car and drive there. Her answer was, well, it's a nice church, but it's not worth an hour and 20-minute drive. I looked and I... I, Because I went there in person to pray for her because she had... There was an emergency going on in her family. And I went to pray for her. And the Holy Ghost came on me and said, Now you tell this woman that there's answers being preached. And an hour and 20 minutes is nothing! Nothing! It's nothing in order to have life. She didn't listen. And I watched. Her life went like this. And still down there in the dregs, living like the rats, feeding off the crumbs of other people, there was life available to her. She didn't want to drive. She didn't want to pay the gas money. The gas money would would have been the best investment she had ever made. Praise God. There's life. Not because I'm great, but because the word of God is great. The anointing of God is great. And the vision of God on this church and on this office is great. And there's life here. It's worth whatever you pay in gas. It's worth whatever you pay in time. It's worth it to have the life of God. Don't throw that away for a 20-minute hour and 20-minute whatever drive. Don't throw that away because somebody offends you. Don't throw that away because you're, 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 you're harassed in your mind. Don't throw that away because you don't like something administratively the way it was done. Don't throw it away because I don't say everything right 100% of the time. You try to come up and be the preacher and we'll see how well you do. Hearing things are so easy. <laughs> it's easy under the anointing but it still takes a measure of skill and I've been doing it for 29 years and I'm still got a long way to go. Don't throw things away because of a little thing here or there. I must the Holy Ghost must get so frustrated Reverend Taylor he does so much to position them to get here. he puts so much in them while they're here and then over some ridiculous little thing they're willing to cast it all away like it's nothing. You know what the Bible calls that, if you study the book of Hebrews, it talks about Esau casting away what was precious. And you know the word the Bible says in Hebrews? It calls him vile. When you can't recognize something precious and you cast it away like it's garbage and it's precious, it's so precious. Revelation under the anointing in a church is so precious. And for you to cast it away, the Bible says it's vile behavior. People think vile, like having sex with, with everything that walks or, or beast sex with animals or this kind of perversion or that kind of awful, you know, attitudes and, and all that is vile. But the Bible says to cast away precious things like Esau did, not recognizing what's holy. That's what the Bible says. That's vile too. It says vile, V-I-L-E. You better be careful. You better be careful. I don't know. Obviously, I guess I'm not preaching tonight. I guess I already have preached, but it wasn't exactly what I planned. But I'm telling you, whoever that's for, and maybe there's more than one that I don't even know about. Maybe some of the other ones are having thoughts. You better, listen, I'm not a cult. We're not a cult. You want to leave, you leave. But if God told you to come, and then a thought come, tries to come and tell you leave, you better know, you better know enough to know what's the Holy Ghost and what's not the Holy Ghost. And if the Holy Ghost is telling you, if a, if a voice is telling you to leave a place like a church or to leave a spouse, for example, or to leave even a job on a lesser degree, for example, that you know God gave you, you better make sure, because you're going to give an account, you better make 150% sure, not 99.9, 150 You better wait on God, pray in the Holy Ghost for hours. You better fast and pray. You better put your flesh under, and I mean seek God. I said seek God about it. Because whatever decision you make, you're going to live with for the rest of your life and you're going to give an account for when you stand before the master. So don't take it lightly. When God gives you something and puts you somewhere and places you somewhere, that becomes covenant. God gives you a wife, that's covenant. You better be careful. How you treat her or him. If it's a woman with him, it's a man with her. You better be careful how you treat. That's a covenant gift from God. You better be careful how you don't. Because to just leave that. There are reasons for divorce. The Bible teaches there are. But you better be careful. If you're the one claiming, calling for divorce. And that, and that, that spouse is not abusing you. And that spouse is not mistreating you. And their behavior, even not perfect, is still more or less above board and you're just gonna cast away that covenant relationship because you're bored with them? Because you want something new and something sexier? Somebody richer? Somebody more outgoing? You like, like their personality more than your, you better be careful because that covenant gift is precious. It's vile behavior to cast it away without cause. When God places you in a job, and you better make sure if God's telling you to leave that it's God. Because if you do it on the on, because of greed or false motives, that's a, that becomes something God gave you in covenant and yes, God can tell you to change it. Now there's a, a, it's evolving, it's growing, there's something better, but you better make sure it's God. I've seen too many people that they thought it was God and they got out and then they had a whole cycle of pain because they left what God gave them because they thought something was better. I've done it myself. You better make sure it was god and how much more when we're talking about a local church where the word of god is given to you as revelation knowledge under the anointing from an office and you know god planted you in that church you better make darn sure if you're thinking that god's telling you to leave when god planted you here he usually doesn't and if you have convinced yourself he has you better make sure because you can go if you want we're not stopping you but you're going to give an account you're going to give an account and and brother happy caldwell in 30 5 years. Why, yeah. Do you remember he came here what number of years ago and we were in the back room with him Taylor and with a few other ministers Do you remember that and I asked him in front of all the ministers I said how many people brother happy pastor happy how many people in all your years, was it 35, 30, 35 years of pastoring? How many year, How many people in all those years did he, came and told you that they were, God told me to leave the church and it actually was God. He said one couple. Remember that? One couple in 35 years. Yeah. I, I thought he'd say 100, 200. Because sure. he is a church of thousands, yes. three, four thousand people. He is a big church, 10 times our size, easy. I thought he'd say in the hundreds. Yeah. He said, one. one. i my jaw dropped. I said, what? One? He said, oh, there's been hundreds that have come and told me. God told me to leave. Yeah. And he said, I tell every one of them, if you want to leave, leave. But when God brings you to a place and gives you a covenant relationship with a pastor, he normally doesn't take you out. Even if there is a better job in another city, he normally doesn't. It's covenant. And he said, every single time, they didn't listen and they left and he said there was not one scenario of hundreds of people over the 35 years that left He said not one time did good fruit come out of them leaving Because they missed it yeah. He said only one time a couple came And they said we feel God's telling us to go And, 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 the, and the Holy Ghost said tell them not, not yet So he said brother, sister I just feel in my heart, do whatever you want, but I don't, I just feel in my heart, not yet. Maybe God will, but not yet. A little while later, God spoke to him and said, go tell that couple because their faithfulness and their submission, I now release them to go. And he said, you are in the perfect will of God to leave and he released them they went do you remember and their, li- their, whole, their finances skyrocketed their life skyrocketed everything went up because when you're in the will of God it gets brighter and when you're outside of the will of God it gets darker and a lot of people think they're in the will of God because they think they're hearing God but they're hearing their flesh they're hearing their offense they're hearing their emotions they're hearing their ambition and they're not hearing the Holy Ghost So you best be real careful if you know god planted you here and then you decide that god's now telling you to leave you better make sure it's god because i'm telling you most times it's not you say you're using that to manipulate me listen you want to go go my confidence is in god not you you go he'll bring me seven more just like you Because the Bible says that when when, when there's a loss as a covenant, He will redeem that loss. He will supply that need seven times over. So I'm not saying it from a perspective of trying to manipulate you to stay. In fact, if you leave and you're not supposed to leave, I have a right to claim that God will replace you and more. It's not about the financial bottom line of the church or how many people are sitting in the pew. It's about your spiritual growth. Because if you get out of where God planted you, you are going to, the days aren't going to get brighter, they're going to get darker. And I don't mean you're going to go to hell, I just mean the life and the flow of the anointing that you've been enjoying and the growth rate, that you, the momentum and the spirit because you're occupying a place because God has planted you in this church and you occupy a place in the spirit by being a member of this church. And you're going to give that up. You better be careful cuz you're going to answer for God. And if you've missed it, your life's not going to get better. I'm telling you, it's not. It's not. I hate to say it, Taylor, cuz people think I'm saying it to manipulate them. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to teach you how the things of the spirit work. God is covenant. Our society has no idea what covenant is because our society is lawless and loyalless. There's no loyalty. We're loyal to God and we're loyal to where he plants us. And if you know, God's told you, you know what God will tell me because God does not tell the sheep and not tell the shepherd that is out of divine order. The shepherd is anointed by God to oversee and protect the sheepfold. If God is telling a sheep, to leave, he has to tell the shepherd as well, because if he only tells the sheep and not the shepherd, it's out of divine order. Because in the spiritual realm, the divine order is shepherd then sheep. And I'm very open to hear from God. And if God tells me that somebody's supposed to leave, I'll and they tell me, I'll agree with them. But I won't agree with them if God hasn't told me. So I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to put you in captivity here. I'm trying to set you free. This is a freedom. This is, not, this is not manipulation, captivity. There is a safety when you're in the place that God has for you. But let me tell you, there's a real devil. There's a real devil. And he hates the fact that you're rightly connected. He hates the fact that you're in a right church, that you're learning the Bible, that you're submissive and humble, that you're positioning yourself for increase. He hates it, hates it. Hates it and he will look for opportunity and wait patiently. Like it says in in the book of Luke, it says that when Jesus came out of the wilderness, the devil stepped back from his season, his cycle of temptation for a while and waited for a more opportune time to strike. Read it in the Amplified. He is crafty. He is sly. He is strategic. He will wait and watch and wait and watch with great patience. He'll watch and watch and he'll try to engineer situations just to work perfectly. Just to work perfectly. And then when he knows that you're giving your attention to that situation or to that offense and that thing, that little crack has formed, then he'll come in like a flood. He'll come in like a flood and bombard your thoughts because he's trying to overwhelm you. He will work. Long and hard and overtime to get you separated from where God's called you. Because he knows the highest supply you'll receive spiritually, naturally, and every, financially in every other way. The highest supply, the highest flow that you'll attain to is if you're rightly connected to who God asked you to submit to. So if he can break that supply, can break that connection, that, 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 that association that God ordained, if he can break it, there'll still be a measure of a supply because you're a born again believer and you've got faith, but you'll never hit the same flow because that divine connection to that office gives you the highest flow. And he doesn't want that, so he'll wait long, long time, wait for the perfect opportunity when you're weak and you come coming hard, you come coming hard and fast. And overwhelm you. So you better learn to be skillful to answer him. Listen, answering Him isn't just when you feel strong. Answering Him is when you feel weak. Answering Him is when you feel afraid. Answering Him is when you feel fear. Answering Him is when you feel offended. Answering Him is when it feels like the world is crumbling around you. That's when you open your mouth and you answer. You don't just answer when things are peachy. You answer when things are dark. Why? Because the devil is present when it's dark and he will obey your voice if you'll say to him stop cease in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. that man that preacher that got a little tiny book from Copeland in Uganda didn't know nothing but what the little tiny book said about authority he went to the boat and went across the lake into this little island where the greatest witch in the area lived God told him go I want to convert the witches and he was going and the head witch come out and started to curse him from the shore and he went instantly blind and instantly deaf and had a heart attack while he's in the boat and as he's dying I mean they were those devil those witches of power man you better know how you better know who you are in Christ or they will kill you and as he's literally dying in the boat blind deaf and having a heart attack he heard the voice of the spirit in his spirit and the Lord said two words to him, Taylor. I'm telling you, it's powerful. The Lord said two words to him in his heart. These are the words, and it'll save your life. Pay attention. Pay attention. He's blind, deaf, and having a heart attack. And he heard two words, and this is what God said to him. Answer her. Yeah. Oh, my God. David answered Goliath. Goliath. Jesus answered the fig tree. Yeah. Jesus answered Satan in the wilderness. Yeah. And he began blind, deaf, and having a heart attack. He got the words out. I answer you in Jesus' name. I bind your power. Yeah. And immediately the power of God went into action. You see, God won't deal with the devil for you. He's given you authority. You've got to deal with the devil. And immediately his eyes started to recover. His ears started to recover. This, the symptoms of the heart attack started to subside. And he brings the boat of to the shore. They go and they have a glorious meeting. And a whole bunch of witches got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. I got a word for you. When it's dark and hard, answer it. He will obey you. He's afraid of you. Glory to God. He's afraid of you. And let me give you another little tidbit to help you wrapped up in a nice little perfect little present for you. You know how I don't get offended with Pastor Nancy? Part of it is answering it when it comes. But can I give you a hint? Can I give you a gift tonight? Can I give you a treat? Some little nugget that if you do this It knocks the legs out from the devil and half the time the thought doesn't even get a chance to come to you. You know what to do when it comes, answer it. But if you'll do this little thing that I'm about to tell you, you cut the legs out from him and most of the time the thought never even makes it to you. You know what it is? Make a covenant between you and God almighty that no matter what that person does that God has placed in your life, whether intentional or unintentional, make a holy covenant between you and God that you will never, ever, ever, for any reason, at any time, ever be offended with the one that God has placed in your life. Make a holy covenant between you and God and that power of that covenant alone will not allow a lot of those things to even come into your, into your radius. And if it does, you know what to do. You answer it and it will shut up. I've made a holy covenant with God, with my own blood, I've made it. I've made it with my own blood, I can't make it in any deeper way. I've said to God, Father, I make a holy covenant with you. I will never break this on my own word and on my own blood and on my own life. I make a covenant with you, that the one that you have put in my life, as long as they honor you and follow your word and don't get into error, I will follow them to the day I die. I am in covenant with them and I make a covenant with you that no matter what they do or say, intentional or unintentional, I will never be offended with them as long as I live and that is my holy covenant between you. Now give me your strength to exercise, execute and live out that covenant. That doesn't mean that things don't happen that could offend me, but I've made a covenant that I won't be offended with Pastor Nancy. I've made a holy covenant with God. I won't be offended with her. It don't matter what she does or doesn't do, whether she means it or doesn't mean it. I've settled it. I won't let her, I won't be offended with her and cause that to separate me. I won't let other things, even if it's not directly her, anything in the peripheral, I won't let that come and separate me i won't let offers by other people that might be seem grander and better i won't let that separate me because i've made a covenant to stay with her that's why i'm blessed i'm telling you it's why i'm blessed so you could make a covenant not to be offended with me and jenny but the devil's smart he knows that covenant he'll still try to come once in a while, answer him. Then he's even smarter. Then he won't have something I do that offends you, but he'll have something somebody else does that offends you. He'll have something some other person says or does or whatever, this ministry, something offended you. And then he'll try to get you to separate from me, not because I offended you, but he'll try to get you to separate from me because somebody else offended you. And if you yield to that, you'll still end up with the same results separated from the one that God's called you to. So you've got to be real crafty you you've got to be craftier than him you've got to recognize bible says be skillful what is that what's that verse that we are not that lest he take advantage of us how does it go do you remember how to quote that that verse in, in corinthians lest he take advantage of us we got to be skillful lest he take advantage of us Amen, we gotta be skillful. That means covenant. I won't get offended with the one that's in my life. And not just offended with them, but Lord, that covenant includes any peripheral things that try to separate me from that one. They're off the table. I won't even consider it. Now, if that individual is in sin and an error and gross error, well, then God will tell you to leave because he doesn't want you submitted to that bad nonsense. But as long as that person follows Christ, Remember the Bible says, Paul said, follow me even as I follow Christ. Hallelujah. So I don't know why, my God, Lord Jesus, I don't know why that you had me go this way. Good, Hallelujah. It's bothering me. So I'm going to look it up quickly here. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. You found it for me, brother. Amen. I figured you maybe were looking in the Old Testament. I, I didn't know. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Praise God. Let's look at verse 10. To whom ye forgive anything, I also forgive. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it for your sakes, forgive I it in the person of Christ Jesus, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He is not going to take an advantage of us because we're not ignorant. Praise God. He will try with me, and then he'll try with others. He'll try lots of ways. Counted precious if God gave it to you make a covenant that you won't be offended and you won't be separated that'll take care of a lot of the attacks to begin with and when they still do come open your mouth and answer he will obey you he the devil will obey you you hear what I said I said the devil will obey you he obeys a Christian covered in the blood that has the authority and the dominion of God in their mouth as if he would obey jesus himself because we are his younger brother and he we are seated in places in heavenly places in christ ephesians 2 6. he's in us with his authority and when we speak that way the devil thinks. the devil looks at us and he has to obey because it's as if jesus is saying it to us because we are christians little christ's christ-like ones praise god you have no idea who you are you have no idea how much power you have how much authority you have in the realm of the spirit so I didn't plan on going that direction tonight, but it's 846. I can't start my sermon, so I, can't, I guess I'll have to pick it up next week. But praise God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Do you realize what happened? If you were on a ferry going across somewhere or on a boat, let's say you're on a ferry and and the 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 captain comes and starts sharing some thoughts about the boat and the history of the boat and maybe the history of the destination that you're going and some little, you know, eight-year-old or ten-year-old falls over the side and is in the water screaming. Do you think it would be appropriate that the captain would keep telling you his speech or do you think it would be appropriate for him to pause what he's saying and throw a life raft out to that little child to rescue him from death? Well, some of, I don't know about some, but I know one for sure. You've fallen over the side. I had my message ready to go. God interrupted it, and that's appropriate because he was giving a rescue to someone tonight. And if I didn't say what I said tonight, I would be held accountable to God. Because they could have gone their own way and done their own thing and left and got separated and and, and have problems. And the rescue could have come through my mouth, but I chose not to give it. Well, that's not the case because I gave it tonight. Now, once I've given this rescue, if they want to do what they want to do, they do what they want to do. Reverend Taylor, you don't know how many times I've gone to the back room with Pastor Nancy and she says, you know how she says it, Pastor. Pastor, who's that, who's that lady that was sitting there in the third row, middle left section, fourth one in with the red blouse? I don't know, Pastor. So I'll call the PA and I'll say, go and go and look quickly. Who, who, who was around there with the red blouse? They'll go and they'll look and they'll come back and they'll whisper it in my ear. And I'll say, oh yeah, Pastor, I know who that was and I'll say who it was. She says, I can't tell, this has happened many times. She says, you know, my entire sermon was for that person. I think everybody else would have got something from it, but the entire reason I preached was for that lady. I hope she paid attention, Pastor, because that was her rescue. You know how many times God will interrupt and do a whole message for one person? And it's not a waste of the rest because it's still nuggets and meat and help and supply and rescue for others as well but he'll do it he'll sometimes do the whole message just for one person because remember he says he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one so it's okay let the 99 graze and feed and get what they can but he'll sometimes tailor the message to one person I don't know if it was one or more than one but I'm telling you I know by the Holy Ghost like I know my name is Crayfield. I have that kind of a surety that there was there is somebody that the devil has been harassing you to try to separate you I know one lady for sure, just naturally. I know the scenario, but I think there may be even, maybe one or two others, I don't know. Could have just been for that one. He'll leave the 99 just for the one. But, but it might be, there might be others that have been bombarded in thoughts. You got to rescue today. Answer it and make a holy covenant that you won't be offended with me and get separated and you won't let any peripheral item either separate you. As long as I follow Christ, you follow me. That's if and only if you know God planted you here. Because it's a covenant thing if he planted you here. And don't give it away for a bowl of lentils. Don't be vile. Hold what's precious, precious in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I seal this word, Father. Let it go into every heart as a mighty, holy, beautiful, powerful seed of the word of God. Let it go into good soil. And let it bear fruit in Jesus' name. And let it help rescue them. And let it help renew their minds in Jesus' name. Let them be transformed in this area by the renewing of their minds in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. And for those of you that have already made that covenant, for those of you that are stronger with me, that wouldn't, that, are not, that are not being buffeted, that are not being tempted to leave, and all, you still got something tonight whether you realize it or not. The Holy Ghost didn't leave you out. You still got an impartation tonight. I believe it with all my heart. He never leaves anybody out. He might have to focus more on one to rescue them, but all of you will get something. All of you, if you're hungry, will get something. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I said glory and praise God. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, for your people that are, that love you, that I love you. Let them receive this in the heart and spirit with which it was intended, never to control, but to rescue In Jesus' name, bless them as they give their offering tonight, Father. Thank you that they give according to their measure of faith and according to the leading of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus, bless them tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God.